We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. Kids, look how pretty it is. Whoa. Let's play hide and seek. The body has decomposed. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Hey, have you seen my children? Mom, I'm right here. Dad. What's happening to us? The kids were six years old this morning. There's something very wrong with this beach. Every half hour is one year of our lives. You have wrinkles. Oh, no. We have to find a way out of here. People are blacking out. Mom, what is that? A message. Why is this happening to us? We're connected to something bigger. <laughs> Welcome to the Strange Harbors podcast, a weekly discussion of film, television, and pop culture. My name is Jeff Zhang, and tonight I'm joined by Amir Ture and Eric Wong. So this week we're talking more MCU, right? <laughs> <laughs> As in the Menage Cinematic Universe, <laughs> we're talking M. Night Shyamalan's latest movie, Old, straight and uh, to the point, I guess, with this movie title. I had high hopes for this. I thought it was going to be another feather in his cap, another stop on his redemption tour, but I feel like this was more like The Happening than any of his later stuff. The Visit or Split. I'm a big M. Night apologist. I like his stuff a lot. Even, like, his stuff that whiffs. I think he swings for the fences every time. And I think there's a lot to respect there. But I didn't really like this movie. I don't know what you guys thought. I liked it. You liked it? Yeah, kind of. Like, not... Kind of. <laughs> not, like, ironically? unreservedly. No, no, not ironically. <laughs> I... I, I liked aspects of it. It's definitely not an unalloyed gem or anything. Like, um, there are definitely some really weak points. It's kind of a bit of a mixed bag. But there were parts of it that I liked. Alright, like, I feel like I'm a Philistine because everyone I talk to on Twitter is like, oh, it's like a masterpiece. It's one of his best. Uh, and like, I don't know about, I don't know about if, all that. I don't know if, about all that. If you don't get, like, his stilted dialogue, that's, like, part of his charm. I don't know if I can get on board, man. I don't think this is, like, quite the Sixth Sense level. Yeah, it, it's not his best, but I also don't think it's his worst. I don't think it's, Oh, like, no, happening. it's definitely not his worst. It's no, not no, happening. No. It's not Avatar. It, it's, like, squarely in the middle. It's not Lady in the Water. Like, it's pretty good. I, I enjoyed most of it. You enjoyed most of it? Okay. Yeah, I think I'm on the same boat as Amir. I think it has a pretty fun and pretty strong premise. Uh, I think that's what drew me into this movie. I was pretty Oh, for sure. Yeah, the premise is cool, for sure. Hearing the premise, and I think overall he's, you know, it's M. Night Shyamalan. He's he's a capable director that at times I think he's, he can be brilliant, but at at times he's like, you know, there's a reason why he was in director hell for a while. (laughs) I think Amir's kind of put it in the right range. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I think I enjoyed this more than I enjoyed Glass. So there's that. I respect Glass more for the risks it took. I just don't think the risks that it took worked. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. Like, I went with Ashley, my wife, and I don't know. We were just looking at each other the whole time. It's just groaner after groaner <laughs> after really? groaner. I didn't feel I that way. Man. I feel like half this runtime was just people, like, stating their names and their occupations. Like, that's, like, the whole I movie. Liked- I liked that. I thought that was such a, like, 
weird six-year-old child thing to do like there were, oh no, no 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 the beginning line was like it was cute at first i really thought yeah, it was cute yeah, but like yeah. then i felt like they're laying it on real thick even after the kids were like out of the picture for a while you know and i don't know i mean there are times when m night Shyamalan's weird dialogue works and there's other times that it doesn't if you ever watched that apple tv show servant i mean he's not the writer but he's like a executive producer like you get like the stilted weird dialogue there and it's it's to sell you on the unease and like the disturbing aspect of the story and it works but here i just couldn't get with it yeah i I do think that some of the writing is a little elementary i I didn't particularly enjoy the parts where i think some of the characterizations were very basic and very like stereotypical and you know the the psychiatrist that wants to talk about everything and the, the the doctor that's overly racist uh like you know what i mean like i i so i thought that her, her like wanting to talk about things i thought that was funny i thought it was funny that she always kept going back to that well mm-hmm. um i like that i like that she kept going back to that again and again and again i thought that was actually funny i like that mm-hmm. maybe i'm stilted and weird i didn't think the dialogue was that stilted and weird throughout i like went back and i read what other people thought about it after i saw it i was like i didn't feel that way at all like the stuff that people were picking out was like oh but i think that's all supposed to be there like I don't know. What was it that bothered you so much, Jeff? I don't know. Like, some of the dialogue is just really on the nose. It's about this family, the Kappa family, right? So, Guy and Prisca, I think that's her name, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Played by Gael Garcia Bernal and Vicky Creeps. Their relationship is, like, on the outs, and it's about their family. They're about to have, like, one last vacation to please the kids, and then at the end of the trip, they're going to announce, like, they're going to separate or divorce or whatever. And I just thought, like, the beginning of that with their relationship was really stilted and on the nose. And Prisca, she's always like, you're always thinking about the future. And then Guy's like, you're always thinking about the past. You work in a goddamn museum. All right. It's a little on the nose, I guess. I don't know. I Kind of a groaner. Ah, really? I, that sounds like the kind of thing you'd fucking say if you're fed up with your fucking spouse who you are about to divorce. <laughs> like, I feel like that's the kind of shitty, dumbass thing you say. Well, fuck you, you work in a museum. Like, it just sounds, I don't know. <laughs> I, I totally, like, it's not supposed to be smart or clever. It's like, these are people who are, like, at the end of their rope with each other. I don't I don't know. It didn't bother me. I don't know. I feel like there's just something off about these performances. I don't know yeah. if they're directed to say it weird. Both of them, the English isn't their first language. I don't know what it is. It just felt off. And, like, some of the humor, does it land? I guess. I mean, fucking mid-sized sedan is the best character in this fucking movie just because of his <laughs> yeah, name dude. like what the fuck is that like that kind of humor doesn't fit anywhere else in bizarre. this movie so like it's so bizarre right i mean he has to know that this is fucking silly as shit i don't know if you're supposed to like love that ironically or <laughs> i don't know i just can't get into m night Shyamalan's headspace in this movie you know mm-hmm. like i i just i just don't get it i thought the explorations of the themes were a little weak i think okay i'd agree on that you agree with that like i'd agree on that i i, I think it, i liked maybe like the first two-thirds of this movie except for a couple things but i think it never really gelled it didn't fully fit together by the end and i was waiting kind of with bated breath actually for that that twist i was like oh god it's gonna be a dumb twist that is just gonna like ruin the entire thing it didn't. No, it was weak, but it wasn't so bad that it poisoned everything else. It was just like eh, that was kind of flaccid. It was kind of it kind of fell flat, but it wasn't like such a groan. You go, ugh, 
I think the the weakest thing about the twist is that it doesn't. It, for me, it doesn't add anything to this movie. I like, agree I completely. Think, it doesn't connect to the theme of the movie at all. Well, would you even call it a twist? It's not really a twist, right? Yeah, it's, it's just the a explanation, reveal. maybe the reveal. It's just a reveal, yeah. right? Because yeah, you're you're not like contorting everything that you've seen before with this new information. It's just an explanation of what we've been seeing this whole time, right? right? But sorry, mm-hmm. sorry, sorry to cut you off, Derek. Keep going. No, no, no. That, that's I guess that's technically right. Yeah, it's not really a twist. It's more of a reveal. But I think that people don't know this is that this movie is actually based off a, a graphic novel called Sandcastle, right? That was, I think, developed in like 2013. And I mean, it's not the same story, but it's the same premise, right? People end up on this beach and in a day they basically, you know, turn old and they die, right? Or most of them. But in that comic, there is no resolution, right? There is no real like reveal of what is causing this. There's no lab, right? There's no people developing uh, miracle drugs or whatever to combat these conditions. Like from my understanding, it just ends. And I think that ending would have better suited this movie. And I probably would have liked this movie better if it if just they kept ended. it vague. That sounds yeah, cool as shit. Or, you know what I mean? Like, I think the fact that it's M. Night and we're expecting this, you know, I keep calling it a twist and, and I'll, I'll keep calling it a twist, right? We're expecting something. We're expecting this M. Night Shyamalan flair. I think is a hindrance to this movie. Mm. So okay, so I haven't read Sandcastle, um, which is by. Oh, you looked it up. Okay, so it's by Pierre Oscar Levy and Frederick Peters. It's a graphic novel. I haven't read it. I guess none of us have. But like you've mm-hmm. read about like how it resolves itself, and yeah. and it's not how things go in this in this movie. But I do want to talk about the good things that I liked because there are a bunch of things yeah. I did like about this. I think there are people who hate the camera work in this. I think it's fucking phenomenal. Um, some of the, the choices, about the, panning? The, the panning and yeah. the blocking, and like yeah. it's just so unique and weird, and very very unsettling. I think that really adds it's to the a mood. genuinely unsettling movie. Like yeah, no, the, no, the no, first two thirds of this movie, there's a lot of really creepy, fucked up shit. Yeah, I, I will say that I wasn't the biggest fan of the close up slash everything playing off screen so much my opinion is that i think it would have benefited a little bit more if we actually got to see what was happening versus i think so much of this movie is like uh, off screen and just implied or hinted at oh i found that refreshing i think what you can conjure in your imagination is always worse than what like they can show on screen you know and the times they do reveal things i think it's great the way they do it it reminds me a lot of uh junji ito you know, like the Japanese horror comic artist, his signature thing is like, you turn the page and it reveals like the the scary thing. But the page before the reveal is always like a close up of uh, one of the characters' faces reacting to the horrible thing that they've just seen, right? And then the next page is like you see the horrible thing, and this kind of really reminded me of that. I thought it was really great. I, I think Mike Gilakis, who's the cinematographer, he did a great job with this. Just really different. I mean, it doesn't work all the time. I think sometimes it's a little awkward, but it swings for the fences, and I I, I can't uh, fault it for that, you know? I mean, it, it started having me think of, like, did he have some kind of budgetary issues with this movie? Because there's so many moments where, like, they're supposed to be looking like they're getting older. You can definitely tell them the kids, right? Because they become kids to teenagers to young adults. But, like, even the, the adults yeah, yeah, don't yeah. really get old until, like, the very end. 
And even like the uh, Rufus Sewell character, the Charles, the doctor, like he doesn't look like he actually gets any older throughout yeah, the state. Yeah, the, the aging feels very inconsistent. Yeah. That, that, that did bother me. I thought it was the explanation about like the hair and the nails not growing. So I was like, oh, they don't really look that much older. But like, I mean, spoiler alert, the parents kill over and die like in the third act. But like, they look like they're only like 50 years old or something, you know? Like, I, I didn't understand like what was actually yeah. uh, propelling this aging to like not even look that pronounced. I was a little disappointed with that. I think probably the best death in this movie was um, Abby Lee's character, where she gets yes. fucking spider womaned in the fucking caves, and then like all her limbs are breaking. That was insane. That was <laughs> insane. I-, I have two things to say about that. Like one, do you guys watch Thirty Rock? Did you guys ever watch Thirty Rock? Yes. What was happening in her character? Like just reminded me of Jack Donahue's wife. Like he has a wife at one point where he has like brittle bone syndrome. <laughs> and like you know, he like tries to have sex when he's like brittle bones, like don't touch me. I couldn't stop thinking about that when I was watching this scene. But what I didn't like, and I think this goes back to the dialogue part of this scene, is like I didn't like that she was the typical like I'm so vain. Please don't look at me. The dialogue was really taking away from that scene where I thought the body horror of it was really great, but just her it line happened to like a very it. stock character. Yeah, and also the, just like her delivery of that, like "Don't look at me." I was just like, "This is this." I is thought not she showing. was creepy with that stone throwing, like throwing those rocks and stuff. I mm-hmm. thought that was really no. I think the scene really works effective. really well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Another line is like, "Something is going on with time on this beach." Like that's so stilted <laughs> for me. All right, that's, that's pretty rough when you put it like that. Yeah, and then like her character disappears for like the most of the third act. Where were you when your daughter dropped yeah, to her death? Yeah, that bothered me. It's just really weird. There's this inconsistency of the beach almost feels very intimate and small, but then it's so big. I guess that not everyone's there at the same time. They're all in different places. It's it seems very inconsistent. What's going on? Yeah, I don't know. So the thing that bugged me most that I thought was probably like I don't know in the worst taste was the pregnancy and the baby. Mm. that bothered you i don't know i didn't think they let us sit with that enough for it to really hit yeah they don't let any of the things like that sit where it's like really devastating things your parents watching like the years just shave off your kids you don't really get to sit with like the devastation of that at all right i feel like they just kind of sit there and accept it and crystal like loses her husband to like some kind of i don't know psychiatric or neurological illness he becomes a murderer her daughter grows into an adult becomes pregnant she loses that grandchild and then she loses the daughter yeah and then she also loses what her mother-in-law and she herself also is suffering from an illness so like she's just i mean just layer after layer after layer of tragedy and none of it it, it, it just seems like there's no time or room for any of it to kind of land yeah, it doesn't stick at all. Yeah, but the yeah. baby thing was definitely the worst because, like, I don't know. You see those scenes of, I guess, the pregnancy happening of, uh, and like, I'm like, why are they shooting this movie sexy? What the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> all right, but right? like, I expected that to happen because that's such an obvious thing to do yeah, with this kind of premise. It just seems so like. But I'm asking you: Is there a way they could have done that that would be better? Or you think that's just really tasteless in general and like uh the the pregnancy was 
I mean, unsettling in a way that I guess was kind of effective. You're like, are these mm-hmm. children? Like, what the fuck? Like, this is very bizarre and troubling. I think what I thought was rushed was the child and its passing. Like, mm. it just dies immediately because of, like, lack of affection or whatever, because of like, the, the, the super fast time or whatever. I just thought that was like, okay, you just wanted to have her have a kid, and then you just wanted to, like, resolve that problem. We're going to do this thing and we're going to write it up. Like a superhero and a kid in comic books. You got to find a way to write it out. Or it was an ultimate yeah, reality. Yeah, yeah. Or like it just felt like it's like, all right, this is a problem we introduced that now we don't want to deal with. They did this and they're like, oh shit, now we're saddled with this. We got to get rid of it, right? Like we can't have that around the neck of the story. Like that's a third person you have to cast like three yeah, times. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or fourth yeah, person you have to cast basically. Felt very, and like I think they could have had the child die just in a different way. I don't know. The fact that it happened instantaneously like doesn't give you any time for it to really work for me. Well, maybe, maybe they could have done it instantly if they let that land somehow. I, I don't know. Yeah, that that's the part that felt like tasteless. The thing that worked for me with the baby was the final moment where he's like, "We have to let it rest," and like he like picks up the towel, and all you hear are the rattling bones. Yeah, like, I think that was very effective. It was, me. yeah. But mm-hmm. I, I I agree. It it doesn't seem to tie very well with the Kara character that well. Like after. She lets go of the baby. She just ends up dying. Like, there's no time to, like, get in the mind of that character. Like, how this death affects her. Because she doesn't really say anything. And she just tries to escape. And then she dies. She also dies. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it does feel like the the use of the baby was just there. So that... Because I, I believe it also happens in the comic. But it, it actually is different in the comic. But there is also a baby in the comic. So, I think that's why he felt like he, he needed to put in a baby. But he probably didn't want to deal with the baby, so he just kills the baby. Yeah, I think it's less trouble to draw a baby growing up than like to cast three different actors and get <laughs> that like uh, that whole complicated situation like throughout the whole movie. It's uh, it's a little too much, so gotta nip that in the bud. Also, poor uh, Eliza Scanlon, right? She's like the new Sean Bean. She dies in fucking everything. Uh, <laughs> she dies in every single movie she's in. I fully admit, when I first saw her, I thought she was Allison Pill. And I was like, man, why are they casting Allison Pill? Looks like her, right? A little bit. A little bit. She's so old to be playing this part, but then realize it's it's Eliza Scallon. It's just, uh, he was definitely younger and definitely looks like Allison Pill. I mean, we're we're still talking about the things that we liked. I I actually did like, I mean, I know you said that you liked the the first two-thirds of it. I particularly do like, not the reveal, but the part right before we kind of get to the reveal like the death of the the kappa parents and the moment where they're just sitting on the beach guys like you know what i don't even remember what we were fighting about there's that resolution for their relationship i think that comes too late and it does feel very separated from the rest of this movie but if you were to take that out as like this short film where this family's aging rapidly on a beach and like i don't know i like that moment i think it is tender and i really did enjoy that but I understand it doesn't quite fit with the rest of this movie. Yeah. I mean, this movie is 108 minutes, right? And I kind of felt the 108 minutes. It's not very long, but I kind of felt it. I thought this was like a little over long. I thought this was enough premise for like a longer short film, maybe. I don't know if this had a whole feature length in this. I was really feeling it by the end. Also, this movie seemed like it ended like nine times. Yes. Yeah, I did not yeah, understand yeah. why we had the helicopter scene at the end. <laughs> I don't know. It, it felt really disjointed. But um, 
Actually, I, I actually had a question for Amir. This, it, every time I have a question <laughs> for Amir, it is medical related, of course. I guess there's a villain in a sense, right? The Rufus Sewell character, the Charles character. He has a mental breakdown. He starts attacking both Prisca and Guy and slashing them with this this pocket uh, knife. scalpel. Or pocket knife, yeah, with the pocket knife. But then uh, the Vicky Creeps character, Prisca swipes at him with a rusty knife and then because of the accelerated time the rust eats through his body and basically kills him now i understand that and i think that's like a cool effect but isn't the fact that the pocket knife itself is also very dirty wouldn't that cause the same effect dude i have no idea i don't know what that super rust poison was about like i was just like all right i'm not gonna even think about this i just like decided i was like not gonna worry about it i mean it's just basically if you don't treat tetanus for years right or something like that i don't know yeah what, the, knows, what the effect of that is but it's the same concept that knife is dirty if you're performing surgery like if it's dirty you might get infected and it it, it would be the same thing it would get infected rapidly and it should kill you yeah, I, yeah but yeah. they're also they also super heal so i don't know how that's supposed to work right like doesn't yeah right heal super fast in this beach but then also no i was also wondering about like the mid-sized sedan character right like a person that has a clot issue and that's why he, his nose is bleeding all the time. Does the beach not somehow cure that? I don't know. I'm not calling him mid-sized sedan. His name is Brandon, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but there were some great body horror moments in this. I think it's not as scary or gross as some other movies. It's a little sanitized. But I liked how the wounds closed as soon as you made them. Mm-hmm. Cutting out uh, Prisca's tumor, like... That was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was cool. Guys, like, the wound is closing around my fingers. I was like, oh, shit, that's fucking crazy, you know? I love the, like, it was a golf ball size. Oh, no, now it's like a softball. Oh, no, now oh, it's like, like a cantaloupe. cantaloupe. Yeah. yeah. And, now, and then when they pull it out, it's like a fucking basketball or some shit. Like, yeah, it's I, I crazy. like that. I like that a lot. Like I said, I really love this premise. And I myself would have loved to actually see more body horror throughout the movie like if we didn't pan away from some of the things that we were supposed to be seeing i agree i think this really would have benefited from an r rating instead of pg-13 so like the director that i would have wanted to maybe have a stab at this is actually ari aster ari aster it's like he made this movie like i think it would have been tremendous like the way Aster, I think, sometimes knows the right moments to uh, emphasize like body horror or just like gruesome moments, but then also keep it very contained. I think mm. it would have been a better balance than I think what Shyamalan does in this movie. Or maybe one yeah, of the Cronenbergs. Was... Yeah, yeah, that too. David Cronenberg, Brandon Cronenberg. Follow up Possessor with this. Yeah. You know, that would have been nice. <laughs> yeah, that's taking it in a very different direction though, right? Yeah, yeah, it's taking a yeah. very different direction. No, like that, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I think I would have loved to have seen a little bit more body horror. Like, instead of using our imagination, like I want to see those things. And yes, it would have been a different movie, but I, I, I don't. Know. I, I had, I just had that feeling like leaving this movie, like coming out. Of this movie is like in a different director's hands. I might have actually liked this movie a lot more than I did. Mm-hmm. But that's you know that's besides the point. What did you guys think about the encrypted message? That his little friend sent Idlib. I thought he was like the Zodiac killer for a second or something. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck that was. <laughs> yeah, that that little message took me a little bit out of it. I just couldn't stop thinking yeah. that the message was going to say like, "Don't go to the beach" or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're, like yeah, 50, yeah. you're like fifty years old reading that. I was like, "Oh shit, I should have read this." <laughs> yeah, forty six years ago or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. 
I mean, in a different movie, they could have done that, right? And then, and then the movie ended, right? Like, there's right. no way. Yeah, actually yeah, yeah. That would have been a, a much darker movie. Yeah, uh, but no, it, it's a, definitely a clue. It's a very loose interpretation of a clue to how to get out of this situation. Yeah. Um, I question then why doesn't the hotel just try to remove all this coral? The one thing that helps their subjects escape, why don't they just try to get rid of? I don't know. That's besides the point. If you guys don't mind, let's get into the reveal, right? Yeah. So we, we've already been talking about this. So the premise of this movie is that, you know, a bunch of families end up on this beach and they age, right, rapidly. You know, uh, I think they equate it to 24 hours equals about 50 years. Yeah. Right. Two years an hour, basically. Mm-hmm. And what we learned throughout the movie is a lot of these people, at least one person in, it seems like each family has some kind of medical condition. Prisca has a, a tumor. Charles has some kind of psychotic disorder. The Patricia character has um, epilepsy. And then, you know, Midside Sedan has uh, a blood clot disorder. So you start to like piece together. This is the thing tying everybody together. And then we learn at the end that everyone at the resort works for this lab that basically utilizes the benefit of being able to see people age all in one day. And they test out drugs to try to counteract these diseases or conditions and they basically can see what drugs can work over the lifespan of of a person in one day it's like an accelerated test trial for all these drugs that they're manufacturing or or testing it's so ham-fisted dude it's like this i don't get what that's supposed to mean i don't understand the purpose of that right it's like some kind of thin attempt at like social commentary like stepping over like ethics guidelines or something i don't know it just doesn't work it does not work at all uh it's just shoved right in there when you don't really need it uh i think it's a twist for a twist sake i don't know i thought it was it was stupid i I gotta agree on that that's part of why i didn't like that last third of the movie is i didn't really like the reveal so much it didn't seem to add anything to the theme like if the movie's I don't know, supposed to be about, you know, the passage of time and appreciating what you have while you have it and, like, the importance of family and, like, I don't know, like... You would think that'd be enough, right? It is. It should be. With, like, evil biotech corporation experimenting on people. Like, it just doesn't really seem to to fit. Like, yeah, if the themes of the movie were, like, what does your life amount to? And, you know, like, these people may be, like, wanting to do more with their lives... It might fit together, right? Like these people are forced to like basically give their lives to better cause. But like, yeah, you're right. To two ideas, just they compete with each other, right? Uh, And they don't really work or meld very well together. Uh, I always have a problem with like nefarious organizations that are filled with hundreds of people that all seem to be okay with just like killing a bunch of people, especially (laughs) Like, like kids and stuff, right? Because like... I mean, I guess it's just a way to close the loop, a way to, like, make sure there is no way you're going to be found out. There is ways to, like, separate the parents or separate the person that they need to test from the kids, right? Or from the family members that are not conflicted with this disease or condition. I don't know, dude. This just raises way too many questions that don't need to be answered. It's just like, (laughs) why even get yourself into this thing? Like, just have a beach that makes people turn old and they got to deal with it, right? Like, that's that's enough to uh, convey your allegory about, like, not wasting your time and, like, spending time with the ones that you love, appreciating what you have. Like, like, Like you guys said, we don't need evil biotech in there and, like, 
conspiracy of people keeping this giant secret. It's just, just too much. You don't need it. Yeah, it, it's it, it definitely is the last third of this movie that ruins not ruins but it's definitely the the thing that i i like the least and i think it's, it sounds like a mirror too and and i agree with you jeff i think the the script is very weak and the characters are very stilted and very underdeveloped and it's it's pretty bad so like those two things alone probably would make this movie like just not recommendable but at the same time i do really like the premise and i, I actually really enjoyed the premise so i mean it depends on how on the wavelength of this unironically stilted shit you're on, you know? Like, if you can get on that wavelength, I think you could enjoy this. There's, like, elements of... It's not quite as bad as The Happening, but it's got that type of dialogue and exposition and crazy things happening that people enjoy, but I couldn't get into this. I mean, I, I there are things I appreciate about it, like every M. Night Shyamalan movie, maybe except for... Uh, the last Airbender because that movie was dog shit. But <laughs> even his duds, there's something admirable about it. Like Glass, I can see what he was trying to do. It just didn't work. After Earth is ambitious with Will Smith and Jaden Smith, but there are a lot of problems with that movie too. But he always swings for the fences, and I appreciate that, and and I respect that a whole goddamn lot. And like, who has a run like? The Sixth Sense, Unbreakable, Signs, and The Village. That is fucking insane filmmaking right there. And I think there's been like this reevaluation of The Village where people thought it was really bad when it first came out. But I think people are coming around to that movie. And I don't know. I, I mean, what do you guys think of M. Night Shyamalan in general? Do you guys like his movies? Do you guys? I generally like his movies. Uh-huh. But I'm not, I wouldn't say like he's one of my favorite directors. Like I, I probably wouldn't put him like anywhere in my top 10 right now. I, I think his movies generally are good and they're entertaining. And yes, I do agree with that. That stint that he had like in early in his career is very good. Like I love, you know, Sixth Sense and both Unbreakable are just great. Not that I don't agree with The Village with you. Like I, I don't think it's a bad movie, but I don't know if I quite understand the reevaluation of it. When was the last time you saw it? I was going to say the last time I saw it was when it first probably came out, so maybe I need to revisit it. You should rewatch it, and don't watch it as a horror movie, right? Because okay. I think that's part of the downfall of the movie, that they market it as a horror movie when it's really a romance, right? Between Joaquin Phoenix and Bryce Dallas Howard. There's some great performances in that movie, and the twist is not as bad as you would remember, uh, I think. You don't know about that, Amir? I'm with you on The Sixth and Unbreakable. Signs in the village. Like, Signs is fun while you're watching, and I feel like that twist kind of fucks it up, man. With the aliens in the water? Yeah, man. Who cares? If you can get on board with a beach turning you old, you can get around <laughs> aliens' weakness being water, and they invade a planet that's yeah. 70% water. And then, like, after that, Lady in the Water, The Happening, The Last Airbender, and After Earth all just not great let's just say not not great that's not a kind way to put it then like the visit and split okay solid this is that bouncing back at reevaluation and then glass is an old or kind of uh, both kind of eh, in that eh range yeah so like i think old is squarely in the middle of his stuff right oh, yeah it's like not as good as his first I would say so. four or so but it's definitely not like the nadir of his career either, right? I didn't dislike it, I think, as much as 
some people did. There's some there's some fun stuff in old. I don't disagree. I think there's a lot of fun stuff in here. It just doesn't all come together. No, it doesn't really work thematically. The, the ending, the reveal doesn't really work. Um, it's not the movie you show someone to convince them that M. Night Shyamalan's actually good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I agree. So what would be that movie? Sixth Sense? Gotta be, For right? sure. Sense. Or Incredible, one of those. Signs. Signs is so good, man. I love Signs. I'm a Signs apologist. Right, we're gonna have to go back into an M. Night rewatch and reevaluate these movies. Some of that filmmaking is just so good in Signs. Like I remember twist really aside. enjoying it as I watch it, and then the end, I just, just like I can't, I can't deal with this. I think there's a fun distinction between pre-flop Shyamalan and post-flop Shyamalan, right? I think it's so interesting because. The Visit and Split, which are his best movies after his dry spell, are very, very different from The Sixth Sense and Unbreakable and the likes, right? I think they're like kind of elevated B-movies almost, uh, rather than like a finely crafted thriller like he's trying to do at the beginning of his career, right? Like The Visit is just found footage horror, and Split is what? Just like... I don't know what you would call it. Like an abduction drama, right? One crazy-ass performance from James McAvoy. We eventually learn it's a, it's a supervillain origin story, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, so, Jeff, as our M. Night Shyamalan expert, I'm going to call you our expert on this podcast. <laughs> Why? Why am I the <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan expert? Okay. <laughs> I was going to ask, is this the movie that he's the most present in? He's the type of director, you know, he likes to put himself in his movies. Is this the biggest role he's given himself? I think by a small margin. Compared to what? No, Lady in the Water is probably his... He's like the main character in Lady in the Water, right? I've never seen Lady in the Water, so I don't know. It's bad. You're not missing much. Right? I'm not I'm not wrong. I haven't seen Lady in the Water in no, like no, no, no. 20 bad. years. I, but it's distinctly disappointing. I think it's very, very self-absorbed. He thinks he's like God's gift to filmmaking or whatever and, and it's a very thinly veiled jerk off session i guess yeah because this is definitely one of my pet peeves i don't think i ever really like it when directors put themselves in their own movies all right i mean here's the thing though like early on in his, in his career i had no idea what the fuck he looked like so like mm -hmm. whenever he made an appearance in one of his movies i had no idea i didn't know that was yeah him so like in signs he plays the town veterinarian who kills mel gibson's wife right and that's that's like a a decent sized role, not like huge or anything, but it's like a supporting character. But he did fine as as an actor, so I I didn't know he was the director, so I had no idea that 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 was M Night Shyamalan. But this is mostly no dialogue from him, right? There's there's that much dialogue. He's just driving the people to the beach, and he's keeping tabs yeah, on the them. Most dialogue he gets is like. The part where he tells him to go down the beach or how to get to the beach and then him yeah, reporting yeah, yeah. at the end. But you don't like that? It takes you out? It takes me out of the movie too much every time I see a director in a, in a movie. And I think that's the thing. I, I guess you're right. If you don't recognize him, then it's fine. Except for, I, I mean, I don't think he's the best actor like in this movie, you know. So it is a little, little bit jarring sometimes when, when directors put themselves in movies. I feel like most people wouldn't recognize him. Or maybe they do. Really? I don't know. Because they of the internet. Now, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Because of the I think internet. He's got to be pretty, yeah. But, like, for me, it's also, like, Tarantino. Like, he likes to put himself in his movies. And mm. But even Tarantino is, like, I think a better actor than 
Shyamalan. I do cringe a little with Pulp Fiction's Tarantino appearance. Sorry, for me, it's it's Shangle and Chained. Like, I, I did not like his performance. Oh, I don't think it's that bad. I mean, he has a very prominent role in Pulp Fiction, and he's yeah, he yelling the N-word a lot. All right, I, I think it's a little too much there. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think old is firmly in the middle of of the M Night Shyamalan uh, filmography. Yeah, uh, have you have you guys seen all of his movies? You haven't seen Lady in the Water, Amir. Have you seen all of his movies? Or I haven't or seen not? all. I think I'm missing a couple of his. That's why you're the expert, Jeff. <laughs> I think we've pretty much said our piece about this movie. And would you guys recommend this movie? I guess it's it's the question. It depends on who I'm recommending it to. I, th- I think if someone's just looking for a good, solid movie to watch, I wouldn't recommend it. You know what? It depends on who the person is and the company they have at the theater. I think with the right crowd, you could ironically enjoy this movie and have a lot of laughs. I think it's funny, uh, a lot of the stilted dialogue and, and the weird deliveries. And I think you could laugh along with a crowd who's into that kind of thing. I don't know. It's, but if if you're just looking for a good, solid M. Night Shyamalan thriller, I don't think I could recommend this. I mean, I gave this a C. Is that too harsh? I don't know what you guys would... No. I liked it a little better than that. I would have gone, like, B-, minus, probably? Ooh, B-, minus. okay. I'll be in the middle, C+, plus. how about that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could have reached that B territory. Like, it, it just... Mm. The ending really falters, and I think it just... It doesn't work thematically. That's That's my biggest issue. I mean, here's the best endorsement you're going to get from me. I did not regret going to see it. I think it's a fun experience to have maybe once. I don't know. There are good things about the movie. I think there's there's some cool aspects, some great technical work. And Night Shyamalan's always like a technical wizard, and I, I, I really like the things that he does with with the camera, and I think Mike Jalakis does a great job as as director of photography, but that's that's the best endorsement you're going to get from me. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, I think that will conclude this week's episode. Uh, Jeff, where can people find you? You can find me on my blog at strangeharbors.com. And you can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at strangeharbors. What about you guys? You can find me turning old right here in the real world. <laughs> <laughs> and let's wait a couple minutes and then you won't be able to find a mirror. <laughs> let's hope not. Um, you can find me, uh, Derek, at world's okayest photos and screen agents guild on instagram uh if you like this podcast the easiest way to support our podcast is to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts whether it be apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher or any of the other popular podcast apps if you're listening to us on apple Podcasts, please do us a favor and give us a great star rating it really helps to get our podcast out to more people yeah and if you have any questions comments suggestions about our episode on m night Shyamalan's old feel free to shoot us an email maybe give us m night Shyamalan rankings your your mm-hmm. top M. Night Shyamalan movies, so feel free to shoot us an email. Uh, we like reading emails out on the pod, so you can do that at jeff at strangeharbors.com. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. See you next week, everybody. See you guys then.